Lord, why did you let this happen, we wonder, as we feel as if he's not concerned with what's taking place. And the tears flow and we begin to wonder, does God care? God does care. And when our hearts are grieved with the loss of a life, so is the heart of God. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock-solid hope in rim country. June 30th, 2019. Luke 7, 11 to 17. You know, when there's a funeral procession, pretty much all of us understand you don't stop a funeral procession. Uh, the cars that are going by following that lead car have the right of way. So when you're at a, a stop sign or a stoplight, just let them all pass, much like you'd let an emergency vehicle pass. Even in Arizona and pretty much most every state, it's the law. You have to let them continue. Some states even, they're allowed to just go straight through a red light. Because we know you, you don't want to stop funeral procession. You know, I, I myself have ridden in the lead car, have followed processions with police escorts, have halted for the sake of processions crossing my path. I'm sure you might have experienced that too. We just know you, you don't stop a funeral procession. And yet that's just what we see Jesus doing this morning. And when Jesus does it, with just a few brief words, a few small gestures, he not only stops that funeral procession, he shows us why he has reason to bring a halt to everyone, one that changes ours and everyone that we might encounter for those who know him. So why does he do it? Well, what happens when life meets death? Jesus is now leaving the area that we saw him last week around Capernaum, and he's now headed to another village. Recall how when he was at Capernaum, even before he got to Capernaum, people heard about it coming. You see, where Jesus went, everybody knew and heard. And he had now a large, as Luke says here, a great crowd following him. People wanted to, to see him, to hear him, to, to be with him. And so as he approaches this small town called Nain, you can imagine there's a, quite a following with him. This is, as Luke mentions him, the Lord, the author of life. You could say, along with a large crowd with him, life is marching. But as Jesus approaches that town, we see another crowd coming out, probably a good number of the people from that town. And with them, they're carrying what would have been probably, for the ancient funeral practice, a stretcher. There's no procession of cars. There's only a long line of people. And there's no fancy coffin or anything else. It's just what would have been like a stretcher with a wrapped body on it. Very evident what was happening. Death was marching. And at the lead of that crowd coming out of the town, somewhere towards the front would have been the woman who lost, it says, her only son. She knew what death was. This was not the first time that she had had to march out the city in that kind of a procession. No, she had left the city in very much the same way years before, or however long before, with her son and with 
that son's father and her husband on the stretcher. The body was that, and she was now a widow. She knew, if all people certainly understood what death was, and not only that, she knew what it was to be alone. Sure, she was surrounded by all the people in the crowd. Luke says she also had a sufficient crowd with her, but you could be sure she felt very much alone. And we see that she was crying. And as death marches, one has to wonder, what can do? What what can one do besides that? What is our response to death? What happens when life meets death? Aren't we helpless in response to it? What that woman was doing basically was is taking the body to deal with it. The only thing left after that was tears. Isn't that pretty much what we're able to do in response to death? Is to handle the body that is now dead and to simply let the tears flow. See, when, when we encounter death, we're very much helpless, aren't we? Sure, someone might come along and respond to death and say, sorry for your loss. But those words, as comforting as they might be meant to be, they can't fix the pain. And maybe when someone is grieving, we might say to them, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. But you can't do what they're thinking at that very moment that they want. Fix that hurt and that pain and that loss. And maybe even well-intentioned words might say, I know how you feel. That doesn't help either. Those words all in the end cannot help or stop the march of death and the pain that comes with it. What happens when, when we meet death? We're powerless against it. Not only that, but maybe when, when death comes our way, don't we sometimes begin to feel like God's not concerned about us? As if the death after death that we face is enough to make us think, maybe God's not really concerned with, with my pain, my struggles. In fact, we're so helpless against death that our own hearts by nature not only can't deal with death, they're simply left with tears Sometimes we rage against it and rage against our God. Lord, why did you let this happen, we wonder, as we feel as if he's not concerned with what's taking place and the tears flow and we begin to wonder, does God care? That's because death is only a symptom. A symptom of a far greater problem that we have. These hearts that rebel against the author of life, that Consider the author of life not only not interested, but perhaps at fault. Or perhaps not interested in helping anyone. See, the, the real problem is not death. The hearts that are doomed to pay the wage of death because of their rebellion against the Creator. And what happens when we, who are death, when we meet the, the author of life? Only one side is going to win. What happens when we meet death? We're helpless. We end up wondering if God cares and we can do nothing to fix it. But the march goes on so that we know eventually it's going to be a date, that perhaps our birth date. There's our name and then some marker that has the date of our death. That's why tears flow because it's all we can do. But when we see here, the author of life marching. He does something here. 
with just a few words and just a couple small gestures, we see what happens when life itself encounters death. Luke mentions, as those two crowds come across one another, it says, Jesus noticed when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. Here, Luke mentions Jesus by his divine title, the Lord. This is the author of life. And when Jesus notices this woman, notice he looks outside the big crowd that he's in to another crowd. He notices her concern. These words literally say here, his heart broke. The author of life does care. For this woman, as she might have wondered, what is going to be next? Does God notice? Am I alone? She was not alone. I did notice. God does care. And when our hearts are grieved with the loss of a life, so is the heart of God. And when we face pain, he feels that pain too. God's heart was broken as he saw death marching. When you face death, and when you have the tears flowing, God does see, God does care, and it breaks his heart too. And then, not only does God notice, notice how he first responds. He comes up to her and says, don't cry. You know, when, when we speak words at a funeral, they're not very powerful. And if we would say these words, it would seem ridiculous, wouldn't it? Don't cry. But when God sees death, he responds, first of all, with his word. And the first thing he brings us comfort by is the powerful word that he brings, the word of comfort, that we need not cry. Yes, the tears will come, but God's word comes and says, don't cry. Here he spoke to this woman, words which he could back up. And he speaks to you and I when, when we face death. He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The word of God comes to us in our grief. And it's that powerful word is his response to death. And not only that, but every time it says God's heart broke, actually this word occurs in scripture for Jesus. When his heart breaks, he responds with action. First of all, he gives his word, but then he also acts to save. It says he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. Imagine the awkward silence as Jesus does what is forbidden in his culture, interrupts the funeral procession, and all eyes are fixed on him. God's hand reaches out because this woman could not reach out to God and because we cannot reach out to him, God reaches out to us. Deal with death. In order that you and I might deal with death and our hearts might not remain broken, the author of life spoke the author of life, reached out his hands. And that's why Jesus came to deal with not just this man's death and the widow that suffered, but to deal with the very cause of death. Not just to fix the symptom for this instance, but he came to reach out his hand to deal with the very cause of the curse. He reached out his hand as he took that curse from us, the curse of sin and the curse of death and everything that follows the very wrath of God gone. 
that when you and I suffer sin, we can look to Jesus and we can say, he reached out his hand. He spoke promises and comfort. Jesus could say with all sincerity to Mary as she was crying, woman, why are you crying? Because the author of life conquered death in the grave, rose to life and speaks to us, his disciples, your sins are forgiven, the curse is gone. You will be comforted. What happens when Life meets death. We see here, his heart goes out. His words speak comfort. His hand reaches out. He heals our hearts. What we see happen after this, says, Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. So true that the prophet... The word of God himself came. God has come to help his people. True statement, however much they understood just how true this was, the Lord himself had come. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. What happens after this is word spread. Jesus himself looked outside of his own crowd and Jesus looked to those who were suffering To him, it was important not just to deal with those who were immediately with him and who were following him, but to look to those who suffered outside of his own circle. Jesus looked around him and headed to Nain, you could be sure, for this purpose, to comfort those who did not yet know fully what he came to do. That's what Jesus has us as his disciples do. You have the word of life. And when life meets death, hearts are healed. The hand of God reaches out with his word and comforts. God has you and I now go out as those who know his promises. And we can, yes, we can say to those who mourn, blessed are those who mourn. You will be comforted. And God knows what it is to face the sorrow and pain that you're facing. And God promises he will take away your tears. And the living Lord himself promises for those who grieve, that he himself will wipe away those tears. And you are now the word of God, spoken that grieving heart. Don't cry. Yes, the the weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes with the word of Christ. What happens when life meets death? His heart goes out, and with it his word speaks. His hand reaches out. Our hearts are healed. Amen.